Hello, and welcome to Get Me Another, a podcast where we explore those movies that followed in the wake of blockbuster hits and attempted to replicate their success. My name is Chris Iannacone, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Rob Lamorgis. Yeah, and you're sitting in that big room believing in that fairy tale magic potion crap, I bet, Chris. I, I am. I always am. Yeah. Uh, this is the second episode of our Get Me Another Indiana Jones series in which we'll be exploring all of the adventure films of the 1980s that drew inspiration from Steven Spielberg's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Joining us today to discuss one of the most unusual and insane films that we'll explore in this series is Ryan from the New World Pictures podcast. Welcome back, Ryan. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm laughing because... I uh, drew inspiration is not uh, is a really nice way of putting what this movie does to Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> well, we try not to use the word knockoff because there are films that that definitely doesn't apply to. So we we try to go with the little softer drew inspiration. Now, Ryan, uh, I know you've been on the show several times, but in case someone was tuning in mm-hmm. and and had would not heard an episode that you were on before, could you tell our our listening audience a little bit about the New World Pictures podcast? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, as the name would imply, uh, we watch exclusively the movies of New World Pictures, which started from Roger Corman starting the company in 1970 into the 1980s when he sold the company to uh, a team of lawyers and they started on a different road. So anywhere from Death Race 2000 to Children of the Corn, essentially, or in Hellraiser, that's what we talk about. And we also interview a lot of the people involved, um, just beginning more and more successful and tracking down people and people that worked on these movies. Um, we recently talked to Jack Shoulder, who, who directed Friday the 13th Part 2, but he also directed for New World Television. New World Television in the 1990s, he directed Generation X, the first live-action X Oh, movie. yes. I, I have been enjoying your, your Marvel series. It's terrific. I know your brother has not been enjoying it. No, he <laughs> absolutely hates it, and he's much happier in our current theme month, which is June Gloom. And he we're watching a lot of the dramas... <laughs> And what I call the saddies of New World Pictures. And um, it has been a bold switch to go from superheroes to uh, some an incest drama from New Zealand, for instance, which was our first movie, our first movie, an unheard of movie, a movie called Heart of the Stag from 1984. Uh, We had a, a friend of ours on who's a podcaster and is originally from New Zealand, Lindsay Wilkins, who does the Schlock and All podcast. And so she came on and fills us in with a lot of information about New Zealand. Um, as we try to dance around a movie about incest, it was really a treat. Oh and, uh, you know, yeah, it's it's a it's actually an incredibly it's a very well made movie mm-hmm. about a subject that is very difficult to talk about with your wife and your brother and uh, fourth person. But uh, but uh, we had a great time. It's a fun it's a fun episode. I hate to say it. Uh, we had we had some <laughs> I know how that sounds. Nothing sounds good. There's no way to describe this that sounds good. We hate to bring you on for this episode and a film dealing with the hard-hitting issue of alcoholism. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I have some thoughts on that. Mm. <laughs> it is, oh it's, been hard, uh, it's been hard for me to stay sober enough to guest on this podcast with you guys. I haven't. Yes. It's been five years 
been five years of pure drunkenness, so it's really hard. Just to... like Rick, it won't affect your performance <laughs> at all, nor your fate. No, nope. it won't matter. Well, you, yep. you, it's it's all right. In yeah. the in the end, darts are gonna fly through the air and hit me, and I will die. But I won't trip the alarm, so that's all that matters. Yeah, that's drunk all that or matters. sober, you you. It, <laughs> It wouldn't have mattered. He could have been so wasted. He could have been so <laughs> yeah. completely drunk for all of it. He didn't need to be sober all for all of it. It wouldn't have mattered. It. it wouldn't have made any difference. No. And yet, I I applaud the one area that the filmmaker showed restraint is in never having him do the alcoholic double take at any of the strange stuff. <laughs> right. I was like, right. they never went there. I'm like, this is, this is I, you know, you got to give him credit. Whereas <laughs> us as the audience, we're absolutely doing a double take. We were doing the drunken <laughs> double take. Oh yeah. uh, the whole movie. Like, uh, am I wasted? Oh, yeah. Am I seeing what I'm like, seeing? No, I honestly, there's, well, we'll get to it. The movie that we'll be talking about today is is from one of our fa- other favorite film companies besides New World Pictures, Canon Films. Mm-hmm. From 1983, this is Treasure of the Four Crowns. You've seen Raiders, Star Wars, Aliens and Close Encounters. But you are about to experience a totally new dimension in entertainment. Forged from the wealth of kings, source of the magical powers of good and evil, unleashed in the hands of a madman. Now, five daring heroes defy the odds in a deadly quest to capture the greatest prize of them all. Go for it. Treasure of the Four Crowns. Share the ultimate modern adventure. Treasure of the Four Crowns. In Supervision 3D. Coming soon from Canon Releasing. To blast you out of your seats. There are some films that once you watch, you will never be the same again. <laughs> they are so strange, so bizarre, so unexpected that you'll always remember the first time you saw it. For me, this includes movies like House, 1977's House, Forbidden Zone, Dangerous Men, and now included on that list is Treasure of the Four <laughs> Crowns. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's it it, it changed me. I am I will never be the same. <laughs> no. No you won't. Uh, you know how they have that saying where like uh, a totalitarian right-wing government and a totalitarian left-wing government like they become indistinguishable. That would be the horseshoe theory. Yeah, the horseshoe theory. They become indistinguishable from from each other. This movie is so fucking Italian, it becomes <laughs> Japanese. And I love it. I was like, yes. It's yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, I don't I mean to where to begin. I mean, let's start with the trailer. I mean, the trailer alone name checks every blockbuster <laughs> film that came out in the late You've seen Raiders, you've seen Star Wars, you've seen Aliens, plural, which hadn't wouldn't be made for another five nope. years yep. or whatever it was. Uh and you know, you've seen closer and it's and it tells you the mindset of this film, which is Let's just draw from everything. Let's the kitchen sink this son of a bitch. And that is what Treasure of the Four Crowns does. (laughs) Treasure of the Four Crowns was an Italian, Spanish, and American co-production directed by Fernando Baldi. 
It was written by Lloyd Batista, Jim Bryce, Jerry Lazarus, from a story by Tony Petetto and Gene Quintano. Now, Quintano produced the film with Tony Anthony, and both of them act in it as well. And uh, they are they are a one-two punch of talent. Oh, my goodness. Um, two years earlier, this same creative team had made a film entitled Coming At Ya a Western that kicked off the 3D boom of the early 1980s and Treasure of the Four Crowns was their follow-up to that hit. First of all, I got to say, Gene Quintano has got to be one of the unsung creative forces of the 1980s. Not only did he co-write and co-star in this film, he wrote both of uh, Cannon's Alan Quartermain films, which we'll be covering in a later episode of this series. He wrote Making the Grade. He wrote Police Academy 3 and 4. He wrote and directed National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1, and he wrote wow. the Jean-Claude Van Damme film Sudden Death wow. and, and Operation Dumbo Drop. This man is a master. Yeah, and he plays one of the least charismatic men in the whole film. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, I honestly... And I loved him for it. I was like, this guy shouldn't be in this film, but I love that he is. I love he's that he's great. in this. Yeah. But he shouldn't be here. Absolutely. We should have gotten anyone else. But I love him. I anyone, love him. No, honestly. He's my favorite. Him and Tony Anthony, <laughs> who is that Tony Petito of the, that's written. His name is Petito, and he changes yes. his name to Tony Anthony to star in Italian films. Did he think that the Italians would struggle with Petito? Did they think that would just be too Italian for the Italians? So he had to make his mo- his name Before Anthony Anthony. It makes no sense. His name Anthony Anthony. What is that? That was I was like, is this guy? St-? I mean, I was screwing around with my 3D glasses for the first few minutes before I realized that. Wait a minute, this guy's name is Anthony Anthony. What 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 was Prince Spaghetti Night like in that house? I just was like, I, I has to be a fake name or the most hilarious name any parent has ever given a child. Just, just a, because that's a total <laughs> f you. You know, <laughs> doesn't make any uh, sense. What very gets me drunk, is very drunk at the birth. <laughs> not, yeah. not very, born in Italy. Right. Just, Dude was yeah. from West Virginia. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And he he moved to Europe and started a series of spaghetti westerns, right? Which capitalized <sighs> on the early success of uh, the Man with No Name series, but just like the early success of Fistful of Dollar, because he he played a movie called he was in a movie called The Stranger, yeah. And so that was the one one that he got sold, and then that got distribution, and that found success, and he did two more. Yeah, there was a series of Stranger movies. So he was like one of the he was an American going over there ripping off Italians, ripping off Americans. <laughs> it's like he's. <laughs> He's like the ultimate, he's like my hero. <laughs> he was, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. It's honestly, it's what I aspire to. That's all, all I want. I don't even have to change my last name. It's the snake eating its tail. It, he is the personification. Yeah. He's just, I mean, it's on, uh, yeah, I, I, I adore him in this and I. He looks like a pit boss from Resorts Atlantic City. <laughs> <laughs> or a young Glenn Danzig. He, he, he's got a little, like a short-haired Danzig. <laughs> the first 20 minutes of this movie, though, is him not saying a damn word. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, we'll get we'll get to the first 20 minutes because oh it's God. extraordinary. It's, 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 it's uh, yeah. In addition to... <laughs> yeah. In addition to Anthony and Quintano, the film also stars Anna Obregone, Jerry Lazarus, Francisco Rabal, and Emiliano Redondo. 
Now, before we really get into it, I want to talk uh, for a few minutes about 3D, because Treasure of the Four Crowns was produced in something called Supervision 3D, or Wonder Vision 3D, depending on which poster you happen to see. Well, I did get to watch this. Uh, I watched it 2D and then 3D. I watched it uh, the so reverse. I, did, but... I watched it 3D, then okay. 2D. Yeah, I, I wanted the uh, the performances first before I <laughs> went for the technical achievement. But I have to say, in watching the 3D, um, this is not a movie that is going to cheaply poke a lot of stuff into your face. It's going to cheaply dangle a lot of stuff <laughs> down into your face because the camera is below it. So yes. you will see more 3D rope ends than you can shake a stick at, and that stick will also be coming out of camera toward you. Well, what's yes. fascinating is, you know, the use of 3D, this is the classic sort of stuff pops out at the audience use of 3D. And what I love or as about I call the, it, the correct use of 3D. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. No, no one's contesting that. Now, we're not talking about depth and trying to give, you know, you know, we're talking about shit popping out at the audience. What makes me laugh about Treasure of the Four Crowns 3D is that some of it is stuff you'd expect, like swords and crossbow bolts and snakes. And some of it's just stuff like tweezers and unfurling a rope. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like anything that's gonna can move. Like, oh, oh, this is this is a completely random thing that is not threatening or exciting at all. But we're gonna put it in three D and have it jump out of the audience. I mean, James Cameron can create and can create an entire two uh, D world made out of almost nothing. But can he have the Navi hand each other a note where the note's right in your face? <laughs> I I mean... Did the Navi have a, cam- a cabinet that opened and a little crown kind of goes forward on a little conveyor belt? Like, no, I didn't see that in Way of Water. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they clearly are the masters of 3D. I'm sorry, James Cameron, but for... <laughs> it's, there's no question. There's, there's no is... question. <laughs> they it and I think that this date predates like Friday Thirteenth Part Three, right? Doesn't it? And it came out just uh, coming at you predated Friday the Thirteenth. This oh, okay. came out about six months later. Okay, yeah. So, but it it, it was like the same tr- like same. 3D bits of that movie, which are yeah. all like like a yo-yo coming to the camera. There's almost like no bits that are like organic to anything that's happening. The besides, joint, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, getting handed in the van. And, and if they had seen an early screen uh. of this, they were like, "We see what they're doing, but we will do it 50 times." Like it is that it is that yeah. stuff, but it like we won't stop putting things to the camera. Anytime anybody has to hand anybody anything. We're just going to do that 3D style of the camera. We're going to do that in every moment possible. We're going to have something come to the, the camera. It's amazing. Is it exciting? We'll go do it in 3D. Is it completely? Is it completely unexciting? We'll still do it in 3D. You know, we're we're all <laughs> right. It's amazing. Um, I, now I want to let's let's talk about the movie itself a little. So we we got to get into this because the movie first of all starts with an opening crawl that I, I want to say uh, is strongly reminiscent of Star Wars, like even the way it moves up the screen. And yeah. what I'm going to do for the folks at home is I am going to read the opening crawl for the audience at home who might not have, have be familiar with it. Here we go. In the universe, there are things man cannot hope to understand. Powers he cannot hope to possess. Forces he cannot hope to control. Mm. The four crowns are such things 
yet the search has begun. A soldier of fortune takes the first step. He seeks a key that will unlock the power of the four crowns and unleash a world where good and evil collide. <laughs> I, I don't know if that, that is justified by the movie we saw at all. Like, I, I, I'm not, it's, it's, it, I mean, it, it's Hercules stuff. It's like the Lou Ferrigno Hercules movies opening. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. we're going to start with the beginning of the universe and then it's a guy throwing a bear into space. You know, that, that feels it's like in that vein. <laughs> It's it, it was boy that was a lot of words wasn't it that just was tons it was, of words it was, strung honestly, together they were I've, well I've never more I've never felt more like AI than <laughs> than reading that <laughs> right that is unfortunately they could bring that in and be like this is why we need AI just to just look at this opening crawl like can can, yeah. can, can any can people do better than this <laughs> can AI do better I mean we know that they it probably could. I mean, this is not great. And then after that, the movie just goes into the uh, thought experiment. What if the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark happened on a Roger Corman Poe movie set? Uh, yes! Oh, I said the same thing. I'm like, it's like someone left behind yes. the set from Mask of the Red Death for like 20 years. And oh, we'll just use that. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, first and of it all. Is. I want to say soldier of fortune was a really big profession in the eighties. Uh-huh. Like you had, you had JT striker here. You had the a team. Like that was, that was a really cool, like second to ninja. I feel like soldier of fortune in the eighties was, was the thing to be. Yeah. Third on that list is town drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Rick. <laughs> yeah. You got it all. And uh, and and, cir- and circus clown also also a big part of <laughs> yeah <laughs> a natural oh, God. a natural extension circus clown <laughs> any uh, any oh, heist team any heist crew needs a circus clown and his daughter honestly they took some of the I think they took that guy for ballast which he is literally <laughs> yeah. turned out to be but we'll right. we'll, yeah. we'll get to that are you saying that because. He brings no value to the team. Well, whatsoever. he's not the only one. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> Honestly, it's a five-person team, and two of them are completely useless. It's all the people that owed him favors. That was the only we could only go to those. They, they don't all have select skills that are they, they will bring to the table. They just are people that will say yes when he comes to them. <laughs> Oh, Chris, you know how to use a spoon. I need you on this mission. And then no spoon work, ever. There's no spoon work. No. Now, last week, we talked extensively about the opening sequence of Raiders of the Lost Ark as a 12-minute mini Indiana Jones adventure. And it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant sequence of filmmaking. Treasure of the Four Crowns takes that ball and fucking runs with it. And sets it on fire. Sets it on fire. (laughs) First, we introduce our hero, J.T. Stryker, although we don't know his name yet, played by Tony Anthony. Uh, maybe Anthony Anthony to to uh, you know to his mom, but just as the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark, we get a, a shot of our hero stepping into frame from behind camera into the left. Except whereas Indiana Jones is dressed in that now iconic leather jacket and fedora, JT Stryker is wearing a red windbreaker, slacks, and smoking a cigarette. Iconic. Uh, honestly, the guy wears a succession. I I want to cosplay JT Stryker 100%. from now to the end of time because he has some of the best 
costumes in any movie ever. And this was from a time where smoking made you stronger and healthier. <laughs> it made you cool, you man. Let's just be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I want all I want to do is just wear JT Stryker's wardrobe. Like it's the best. That red jacket. I mean, it's like oh, that. I mean, is he a major d at a fifties restaurant? Is he like I don't. I mean, it just it was his his swagger. JT Stryker has oh an, my god immense amount oh my of god. swagger. On it's unreal. It's on un, it's amazing. Yeah. Undeserved. Yeah. <laughs> no. All undeserved, but amazing. Unearned, unearned, co- unearned confidence is my favorite confidence. That is my favorite kind. It's the best. It's, <laughs> yeah, just absolutely. He, he walks around like I'm a fucking genius, and like I don't know what his background is. I don't know who he is. I don't know what he's really done. He's a soldier of fortune, right? Of all the background we get, what we don't get is why he's so fucking pleased with himself. But I don't care because he really <laughs> plays it off well. I don't give a shit. Honestly, man, if I had that hair, I'd be so fucking pleased with myself, too. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. He's so good, he can fight off a room full of skeletons and come out the other side not believing in magic. You've got to- <laughs> Just, I mean, this is a man who is a man. Yeah. Well, what, what follows our, our introduction to J.T. Stryker is this incredible sequence where we follow him as he enters this abandoned castle searching for the key that will unlock the four crowns. And the th- the set of things he encounters, like birds, a lot of birds, There's that all flap their wings in slow motion. I think there might have been a little dinosaur. I'm not sure. There's a literal uh, witch's cauldron bubbling. There is. Uh, There's a witch's cauldron bubbling. How is that stuff still there? How is it still there? Who is is managing all this stuff? Who Who is just there to have the cauldron? It's like they left a hot cup of coffee. How do they make sure the birds are still okay? How do they keep all this traps set? And ready to go. Then somebody set this up hundreds of years ago and just think, this will all just still be evergreen in a hundred years. It'll all still work. The fists will still bubble. The birds will still be. I mean, how did you? Uh, it's, I love it. <laughs> he, he nearly gets in the castle. He nearly falls down a hole at one point, And then he comes face to face with a huge snake. Now, unlike Indiana Jones, who's just face to face with that snake, it crawls over J.D. Stryker. And he kind of gives this grunt. That's like the first like that's the first vocal noise by a human being we've heard in this film is, is his grunt as the snake crawls over him. And, you know, and then he gets out of the hole and, and then it's dogs. Dogs are next. They chase him through the and then he does his signature move, which is he dives headfirst through a window and he's fine. <laughs> how are the dogs? How are the dogs? Who's taking care of the dogs? Who's feeding? The, maybe, I don't know. They eating out of the cauldron. Hounds of hell. Yeah. The hounds of hell. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> So yeah, he goes head first to this window. He's fine, and then and then he kind of goes up this 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 set of stairs. The dogs are still chasing him, and then he he jumps into the what I think might be the hole he almost fell down. Although I'm not entirely sure because I won't lie to you, my geography on this castle was a little bit not the best. I, I wasn't sure where we were, but he goes into the hole, and then he goes like the hole is a square, and then he ends up in this cylindrical tunnel. And that was the first moment that I, I kind of looked at this film and said, literally, what am I looking at? I, I don't know what I'm actually looking like. If you told me he was entering another dimension, it would make as much sense as anything else. It's 
extraordinary. Yeah. How long did it take you to realize that what you were looking at was a goddamn masterpiece <laughs> of a film? <laughs> <laughs> 21 minutes. <That's>, yeah. <laughs> For me, it was when Arrow Time hit, like well before Bullet Time. Oh yeah, yeah. That opening yeah. scene is is. <laughs> yeah, you're right though. That Arrow Time. There's so many things in this movie that prefigure the future. This movie's ahead of the curve in every way. Yeah, this movie is a a ripoff film that foretold all other films. <laughs> they stole from everyone to tell us the future. Honestly. Do you, do you have a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible without this movie? I yeah. don't think you do. I mean, this is like Ocean's Eleven setting up the crew. Like, we got to go to the different places and pick up the girl. Entrapment. <laughs> Entrapment. Oh, it, it, All yeah. the classics. Entrapment. All the classics. <laughs> <laughs> what would we you do without- You were one Zeta Jones away from Entrapment. What the- 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 uh, the- Cinema classic entrapment O's of uh, <laughs> Treasure of the Four Crowns. My lord, you know you owe this movie. So he goes he goes through this tunnel and then he appears in this room. Like literally, he just seems to drop out of the sky into this room and then he somersaults over like a pair of flags. And then this is the room that seems to be like a set from Edgar Allan Poe, like a, a Corman Poe movie. I love the Corman Poe movies. And now we know what happened to the sets they shot on. They were put in storage for 20 years and then just, oh, hey, we could, we don't even need to, we don't even need to clean them up. It's fine. And so we'll just use it for Treasure of the Four Crowns. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a beautiful set. Uh, they, that's why I think it doesn't match because the, the castle stuff they do, like it just doesn't look like any of that is inside that castle. But I also don't care. I no. didn't care. I mean, it, it's <laughs> no, I don't care. That I opening, love this film. I will watch this every year <laughs> from now till the end of time. It's it is it has changed me forever because it's the, like honestly, I'm so glad, so glad to hear that. It's gonna be it's gonna treasure the four crowns day. Yeah, oh, it's, it deserves it. Oh, it's it deserves the best. it. It's you guys had never seen this. You guys had never seen this before, right? Before this, never. Oh no. Oh, this was new to us, and 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 oh my god, it's just you know you have one of those days where you just feel it's like you watch this movie and it's like a day where all of a sudden the light turns on. <laughs> uh, yeah, my third eye literally opened about. 33 minutes into this movie and i am now an enlightened master um you can't you can't see this because you know we're it's all the small video here but i am currently levitating off of the floor while recording this yeah i I buy it i think we all are in a way i mean basically certainly while you're watching this movie yes you can't help but levitate into the air. Give give me the confidence of J.T. Stryker. I just, like, he, he goes into <sighs> this room, he, like, picks up a sword, and then he just kind of, he waves it around and then just kind of throws it back down the table and knocks over some shit. He doesn't give a shit because he's J.T. fucking Stryker. I mean, I, I don't want to skip to something later that you're going to get to, but he has a moment of pure badassery. Where they go through, uh, speaking of Mission Impossible, oh, yeah. they go through the entire, this is how impossible this mission is. It's impossible. There's no way we'll do it. <laughs> and we have from midnight, when the temple closes, until dawn, when it reopens to solve them. So we got about six hours. Yeah. But it might be less. Because we can't hit the temple. Until the ceremony's at its peak. So that could leave us just two or three hours. Those laser beams. 
Can they be taken out? Yeah. Once we hit the end of the corridor. Any windows? Four. In the cupola above the statue. But they're protected by thick iron bars. Why don't we just cut out the bars and you lower me through one of those windows? We can't. Because the entire roof is pressure sensitive. And it's tied into the laser eye alarm system that goes up the whole corridor. Maybe we should try to tackle a 7-Eleven first. Maybe you ought to get serious. All right, pal, let's get serious. You've got a tired old man, an inexperienced female. And you? What about you? Just calm down, honey. I'm saving the best for last. And you? A guy who thinks we can get ready for this job by playing with these tinker toys. And me. A guy with 90-proof courage. You want us to do this? No, pal. I think you're the one that ought to get serious. Every time I get involved with you, JT, it's problems. How the hell are we gonna pull this off? He's right. We can't walk on the floor, we can't touch the walls, uh, and we can't climb on the roof. How the hell are we gonna pull this off? We fly. Hey, JT, how are we gonna do it? And he does this thing where he sets this little thing on this pl- model. We'll get to the model. The model is amazing. And where he's like, we're gonna fly, and they don't. They do not fly. No. His, he has this moment of just like, fucking yeah, that's the what we're going to do. But they do not. They're like, oh, so the plan was actually just to crawl no. along the roof. that uh, On the underside of the roof. Okay, well, that yeah. you could have just said that. We're not you know what? That whatsoever. sounds less cool than... <laughs> I guess it we're was gonna cooler fly. to it just say we're going to fly. Cool. But the, in truth, we won't be flying in any way. We will, <laughs> there will be no flying. <laughs> I just need that from JT Striker. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna say something so fucking badass, but will not pay off on it. Take that shit. Nope. Like I need, I need to be that confident. Yeah. Well, this this whole movie doesn't pay off stuff that's set up. It's it's like you had a 401k that went belly up, but then you found a winning lottery ticket in your pocket. And this movie gives you everything it didn't promise, uh-huh. and it's so right. much more. You're right. I love it that this movie, this movie, this movie feels like it was made by like just middle-aged dudes who saw Raiders of Lost Ark and were like, we could do that. And we're like unimpressed, you know, like, please. I think it was. I think that is exactly how this movie got made. Well, who are you going to get to be the hero? Like, well, me, I'll play the hero. I mean, sure, I'm in my middle age, but who gives a shit? People love middle-aged hero films. Middle aged and above. Yeah, give me that red windbreaker. I'll put that on. I yeah. mean, uh, you know, Indy's got Indiana that's, Jones has got that that yeah. stupid hat. I love my red windbreaker. That's that's, that's cool, that's, man. That's cool in him. Nineteen eighty three. That's cool. That's what yeah. all the youngs wear is the red. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have I'm gonna have strips with 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 uh, with explosives on the sides of my pants. <laughs> I just, I love that. Takes I love the strips, it. So he rips these strips off of his pants, puts them on this lid of his casket, and and just blows up the like part of the casket. Like, why would you keep explosives on your pants? Right, that could have gone off at JT any point in time. Striker, <laughs> he's diving through things. It could have gone yes. off at any point. At any point, and then you know he only blows up. What I love is he almost he only blows up part of this the lid of this casket he's got to get into. So, but he only blows up part of it. So he just takes an axe and starts hacking away at the rest of it. What if there wasn't an axe lying around, man? You know what? JT Striker would have figured it out. Doesn't matter. 
He's JT Stryker. The thing he gets at the end of this 20-minute saga of going through, you know, every set piece <laughs> left over from every haunted house in the neighborhood is, like, <laughs> it's just this stupid, tiny little bobble of what they call a key. It looks like a broken, a half-broken key, if, if anything. But it's just yeah. this stupid... That's what he he gets a ton of things in that castle, but walks away with this little piece of nothing. This little, that's little what tiny was, key that looks like it's for an eight year old girl's diary. That key, yes, <laughs> it, does. it really yes. does. Yes, <laughs> oh, it looked. I mean, honestly, it looks like the key to my diary. <laughs> and it's like all for these crowns that they shove into the camera, and the crown. Could not look less impressive. <laughs> the crown looks awful. It looks oh, no, the, like it looks. Well, that's what happens when the Visigoths make them. Right. They're like, we need one step above a paper a Burger King hat you could get from dining in the restaurant, but just just <laughs> slightly slightly better. Well, that was the fourth crown that you never see. Right. Can we talk about the fact that this movie's called Treasure the Four Crowns and we only see three crowns? And one of them they already have and has got just a piece of paper in it. Right. Which you never hear what's on. <laughs> sequel. Wait, we were we, we were denied. The sequel. We they were gotta denied. save something. Don't tempt yeah. me. Don't tempt me to sink all my life savings into taking over the role of JT Stryker Jr. Because <laughs> I'll do it. My wife's out of town. I'll, I'll commit anything yeah. right now. The plan for the next movie where you got to the fourth crown, <sighs> it was going to be called Treasure of the Five Crowns. Yes. And right. you would never see the That's fifth right. one. Yes. You got, you got to keep the formula. Oh, The fifth one, they already, anyway, they already have we, the fifth have, one. He gets... We have the fifth one. It's in a drawer. We don't need to bring it yeah. up. We have it's the fifth no one. Deal. It's just yeah, no big deal. Yeah, it's fine. Just know it's we too, have uh, it. Just know we have it. What's inside of it? It doesn't matter. Who cares? It doesn't matter. We need the other ones. No, Don't worry cares. about that Don't, one. We're not even going to read it. Don't even worry about that oh, one. It's... That crown's not even worth it. Fuck, fuck that crown. We need the other ones. Well, can we talk? he gets the key. The key to he gets the key to my diary, and that that's when things really start to go crazy because oh. that's when when like all of a sudden the skeletons start to move and the crossbows start floating skeletons. and shooting and reloading very very fast. Crossbows are a slow reloading weapon. That's why the longbow was a better weapon. Oh. <laughs> it's. It's all, it's, I'm like, what am I watching? Sorry to ask this of you, Chris, but real quick, can we just get a little bit of that intro again? What's, can we get a little <laughs> bit of that intro again? What, what was, now that we're thinking of all these 20 minutes, like what? Like you've, I've forgotten about that crawl. We get the crawl and this shit. And it's like, thinking back to that crawl, like What? On Earth, was that setting the you table know, in the for? universe? There's things you you can't you can't hope to understand them. You can't hope to possess these powers and, mm -hmm. and forces you can't hope to control. And you got a soldier of fortune who's taken the first step through a, a tunnel that that might be a, a yeah. psychedelic thing. I don't know, but you do have to give it to them for all of this craziness. They didn't go the easy route by doing something like I don't know, copying the giant ball rolling after Indiana Jones. They put two on, they lit them on fire. <laughs> two balls. And they're balls. on fire. Double ball. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the fire starts coming out. You have two balls on fire that chase this guy. And, you know, like, I, I like, then he gets his signature move. He jumps through a window and, and you know, outside. Mm -hmm. How did he get outside? 
it's you know you, you get more explosions. He, he's gonna he, fly. He's gonna fly. That's what it's that's amazing. The, that's what the JT striker solution gonna is. He's gonna fly. Twelve Raiders lost arc opening scene is twelve minutes. This is twenty one minutes and eight seconds, and no one said a blessed word. Yeah. So by my count, it's. 12 minutes and what eight seconds better than the beginning <laughs> of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Clearly. Because it's clearly you know, longer runtime equals better. Oh my yeah. god. Well, oh, because a lot of that opening for Raiders though was a lot of chit chat. It was a whole lot of talk and oh, like yeah, spiders on the back yeah. and a lot of blah blah oh, blah, yeah, blah blah blah. You know. JT Stryker doesn't need yeah, a no, buddy. Throw me the idol, I'll throw you the whip. <laughs> he gets back to civilization and he goes to meet up with Edmund and the professor who are the guys who hired him. And and he's got a sweet coat. Like the first time we see him walking by those fountains, he's got the sweetest coat I've ever mm. seen. Oh my God. And I'm like, yes. Again, I just want to dress. My whole personal style is going to be JT Stryker <laughs> from here on out. And I it just, well, that's, that's, it's going to be a problem, Chris, because we're about to be introduced to a second character soon. no, we don't need a second character in Who this movie. Who is going to be my personal style? Oh, oh yes, we do. Oh, wow. <laughs> the greatest villain in the history oh, of Oh, yes. Cinema. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, now we get the briefing. And, and if you guys thought that the, the exposition scene at the top of Raiders of the Lost Ark was good, that ain't nothing on Treasure of the Four Crowns. Treasure of the Four Crowns is one of the best exposition scenes I've ever seen. And, and you know, Edmund and the professor sent Stryker to recover the key that can unlock the Four Crowns. The professor already's got one of the crowns, which he keeps in a wooden box. The, the four golden crowns were created by the Visigoths in the 6th century. Legend <laughs> says that the gold balls on top of the crown contain secrets of incredible powers. Now, one of the crowns was destroyed by the Muslims when they invaded Spain. So right off the bat, you're never seeing all four. There's you're never no going to get all four. We're down to, we're down to three already. We're down to three crowns. <laughs> And, and the professor's got one, and he uses the key and open it, and and it's got a scroll inside, uh, which we're told confirms the existence of the legend. But first of all, he never reads it. We don't know what's on it. It could say anything. It could be a shopping list. I, it could, you know, it's it it could be anything. But we don't know because he never translates it. And I would think that that paper would fall apart after you know, 1,500 years or whatever. But, you know, hey, I mean, it's the, the magic of the crown. That's the paper that says uh, Moonlight won the Academy Award, right? Like, that's that's where that, that paper... <laughs> yes. That's where that paper oh. lives. It's um, in that crown. It's the other two crowns that really have the power. One of them contains the power of good. The other contains the power of evil, which honestly makes those first two crowns kind of superfluous. It should be just treasure of the two crowns. Yeah. That, oh, here's... This is the crown of instructions um, <laughs> and the other crown had the warranty but it was destroyed long ago the other crown had a had an allen wrench to be able to put together your furniture from 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 the, from the, <laughs> Ikea. From Ikea. But the other two crowns the other two crowns are in possession of the film's yes. villain brother jonas played by emiliano redondo rob i know you liked brother jonas it's uh, he's amazing okay look if you cross Charles Manson with Rasputin, but you gave him the organizational powers of the Hare Krishnas, you would only be one-tenth of the way to Brother Jonas, who, by the way, throughout this movie, actually doesn't do anything evil. <laughs> anything! <laughs> he's just nope. he's just having a good nope. time with his followers. Honestly, the crowns are probably safe yes. with him. He hasn't done anything wrong. 
your third eye that opened up though, Rob, I'm a little nervous. Could that be, I mean, that third eye might, Cause you he's know, got a, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. Yeah, we, we know that brother Jonas, that could be the work of brother Jonas. So watch out, watch out. Yeah. Or also maybe that's fine. Cause he doesn't seem like he's doing anything wrong. I like that this, this movie, this movie steals that opening sequence from Indiana Jones, but also was like, I mean, Let's also steal an expositional scene right afterwards. Because we have to go from that opening <laughs> sequence right in to, like, set the table for the whole thing. And then they just walk away from Raiders. They're like, and now we're going to yeah, assemble a for team. For a while. For like, They're going to come back. Right. Because that awesome power that you get if you touch the crown sort of pays off. I mean, you don't remember that piece of information oh, by the time oh, you get to off. that. But it pays <laughs> off. But you are also like, why is that happening? What is that? But, you know, yes. re-watching it, you're like, oh, oh, okay, I remember this large amount of exposition that mostly felt like it wasn't paid off on. But now we are getting to it a little bit. But yeah, we have so... They really take the structure of Raiders and put it right into the screenplay and then just fiddle around with all the yeah. details. And we're like, well... We'll just mess it up and make it different. It's it is it is amazing, and and we're we're told that Brother Jonas started off as a as a storefront preacher in Brooklyn, and now he has worked his way up to having a massive mountaintop self made man, and he's got yeah he's <laughs> yeah exactly exactly the the photos they have of Brother Jonas where it's like he's he's making these faces, and I'm just like. I what I wouldn't give to have been there on the day they were shooting those photos like that. Mm. That would have been a career highlight. And you know, they they uh, one of their charges against him is that he has followers all over the place and they make money. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. So uh, you know, Brother Jonas is successful and teaches people how to how to do well in the world. Yeah, this is a real bad guy. Rob, this guy's yes. an animal. That's what we're told. This guy's an animal. <laughs> J.T. Stryker has killed more people than Brother Jonas. Yeah. He's a major capitalist. Yeah. We have to stop him. The casual look of disinterest on Stryker's face throughout this whole briefing is <laughs> he gives amazing. He, he gives <laughs> no he shit. He doesn't give a shit. He does not care. He doesn't care about these guys at all. And, and they want him to break into this mountain fortress to recover the other two crowns. And does he take the job? I don't know, because it doesn't seem like it. It seems like he just walks away and is like, I'm done, give me my money. And then the next scene, he's apparently said yes. But there's like a scene missing where he right. actually says yes. Yeah, he's like, nah, not for me. But also, now here's the <laughs> yeah, team. Like, wait, Screw what that. happened? All right, <laughs> yep, well, yep, I no. mean, it's like Ferdinando Baldi knew, like, well, you know he's going to agree. He's He has to agree, otherwise there's no movie. So, yeah. and honestly, that logic is sound. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't give a shit either. I was like, yeah, let's move on. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> but he treats his government handlers like he is a uh, pickup artist. He's like, yeah, your hair would look better a different way. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe I'll take the assignment. I don't know. It's a pretty shitty assignment. Yeah, he's like, he's ne he's negging them in order to get their approval. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, well, well, now we go on this Ocean's yeah. Eleven style scouting trip, like this oh recruiting my God. trip to get Love the guys. It. Now, now the first stop, stop number one is Rick. Rick yeah. is struggling with alcoholism, and Stryker, Stryker knows he can handle the job. And you know what? Stryker's fucking right. <laughs> because there's no job to handle. 
Edmund's got his doubts. Edmund's really hung up on the fact that Rick was seen staggering out of a bar the previous night. He says the word staggering about 50 times. And I, oh, I don't know where they go to recruit Rick, but there's some cold weather, which gives Stryker the opportunity to sport a sweet winter sports ensemble. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. But what bar is he staggering out of? He is on the top of a fucking snowy mountain in the middle of nowhere, apparently with five years worth of alcohol in the cabin. Because where would you go? And if you're drunk, are you going to fucking stumble down the mountain in the snow and go get more alcohol? Probably not. Like, where are you going? No, he's just hanging out in his brown university lacrosse shirt. I love, I Tells love Rick so much. I love Rick. What was his <laughs> job? Oh, he's what amazing. Would, what would he do? What does he even do on the team? What was his skill? <laughs> he's supposed uh, to be a mountain climber, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No. And yet, when it comes to having actual mountain climbing skills, that's when JT is like, I'll go first. <laughs> I'll take That's care of the, that. At the end, he's like, "I will do all You're the." You just there to watch to see how cool I am. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, they, they try to convince Rick to do this job, <laughs> and and and, and oh, Rick is shit. like, "No, man, I'm I'm a bad risk. I'm I'm a drunk. Uh, you can't you can't you can't hand you, you you don't want me." So what is what does Stryker do to convince him? He pulls the key out. Oh. Now, from here on forward, every time he pulls the key out, shit goes bonkers. Yeah. He starts flying around the room. It's it's and they're trying to catch it like it's going up a, a stovepipe. Yeah. And like they have to like take it apart. It's like the scene from that first Harry Potter story <laughs> where they're trying mm. to catch the key on the broomstick. You can't tell me JK Rowling didn't see Treasure of the Four Crowns. <laughs> you know, American studio execs are always talking about establishing the rules of the world right that you need to do that (laughs) and you or the audience isn't gonna buy it yeah because i'm like fuck that you just need crazy awesome stuff like (laughs) keys randomly flying around and glowing and like shaking whole rooms and if you do that yeah it's possessed of its own mind and i'm gonna I'm going to sit there and not care what your goddamn rules are. I'm just going to love it. And, <laughs> and that like, key is does set up. It set up, set up, sets up the ending because of the weird shit that happens at the ending. Yeah. At that point, you've been inundated mm-hmm. with weird shit already. But they were like, and thankfully they knew to do this. They were like, but we're going to have even more wild shit happen once we get to the <laughs> ultimate power. Have you thought the weird shit before was weird? We're going to fucking triple that weird and have JT's head spin around three times. (laughs) Nothing prepared me for the last 15 minutes of this movie. Everything we're talking about now, nothing prepared me for those last 15 minutes. My God. Anyway, like, honestly, though, like all this shit that happens in Rick's house, how is this supposed to convince him to join the team? Or like, you know, how is this going to affect his sobriety for that matter? Nevertheless, Rick joins the team. Does he quit drinking? Nope. Does his drinking adversely affect the mission? Nope. He's fine. I will say though that what I what I like what what I like about the group that, that they do at least and you're right, they don't pay off on any of this, but they give everybody something. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody now they don't it's not like every character has arcs, but they have something going on, right? They each character has yes. something going yes, on. Yes, that's true. 
which I've been watching some modern movies, which I, I won't name, but like, you know, modern big blockbuster movies where like characters walk around with zero going on. They're basically, they're all JT strikers <laughs> walking around with nothing happening. I was like, at least in this crazy knockoff Raiders movie, they at least give the characters something that's happening. There's something going on with these characters. I mean, we won't pay off on some of it. You're right. Yeah, they all have a handle for you. Yeah. Next, next, we're off to the circus. By the way, because we got two more people po -po. to recruit. We got Popo. -po. We got, we got, we got Socrates, who is a strong man, an elderly strong man, and his and the aerial acrobat Liz. Are they father and daughter? I'm not sure. They seem like it, but it's unclear. I thought so. I thought so. I just assumed that this was a May December thing. Oh. Oh my! Mm. It's, it, they're either lovers or or it's a parental thing. It's either way that there's a clown named Popo, Popo who's just hanging out. But Popo's so why Popo is the wisest hanging out clown you will ever meet. That's he true. So wise. He is. But like Stryker's talking to Socrates, and, and the clown is hanging around, and Socrates has to ask him to leave. Like, dude, come on, it's a private conversation. It's one of the first times I've seen in a movie where somebody has like a heart condition, but the their doctors have given them a time limit on their heart condition. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah, six months. Wow. So you have six months left with your heart. Like I was like, yeah. oh, he's probably got cancer, yeah. and then like, no, it's his heart nope. sucks. Like, how did they? It's what? his heart. How did they measure the six months? Like, if you, is it like if you just lay in bed, you have probably six months to live with that bad heart? I don't. And and if it's a heart issue, can can they can they do nothing? Can they? Is it not a? Well, he's as strong thing? as ever. He's just he, as by Clay. He's as strong as ever. And then Popo responds with, "Except for your heart." Well, the the real problem is, is your heart's gonna give out when you're friends with JT Stryker because excitement will follow. <laughs> you cannot help it. Mm -hmm. Socrates swears he's gonna tell Liz everything as soon as he gets back. Like as soon as they get back from this, he's gonna tell Liz everything. Which is just you might as well say, "Oh yeah, uh oh, like yeah. oh." Yeah. It's, it's not gonna I, I won't, I won't like return. I will be dead. I will be dead by the end of this film. <laughs> Just so you know. Like, he might as well say it's one last yeah, job. Yeah, I, and I'm too old for this shit. And I'm <laughs> right. gonna go get the beer in the right. garage. I'll be right back. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. It's it's well now we have the team. We got the team oh. of five, at least oh. two of whom do nothing. Oh, this ragtag group of middle-aged people is just incredible i i mean we've got one young lady in the crew but that's it it's just a ragtag yeah. group of middle-aged no, middle a bunch issues. of older dudes and a young yeah. girl yeah now, I, I have to ask you both something because was i mishearing heading into this you know that the brother jonas the american bad guy has fled to some place called hog mountain is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you did. You heard that right. It's Hog Mountain, <laughs> which mm -hmm. I have I have mm -hmm. renamed my apartment Hog Mountain. Where, where's my Hog Mountain playset? Uh, is what I want to know. Because <laughs> I would totally buy that. If I ever buy a house, which I never will, because I live in Los Angeles, oh. so it's therefore impossible. Um, I will name that house Hog Mountain. <laughs> I will. I will have a custom made sign over the door. Welcome to Hog Mountain. Hey, you don't live on a mountain. Who cares? It's Hog Mountain. JT Stryker can do what the fuck he wants. If somebody, and I feel like I want to write this, but if somebody would make a fake 
kids toy commercial about treasure of the four crowns <laughs> with them playing with their little jt striker <laughs> i'm gonna fly and then like he jumps out a window and you built hog mountain like, don't touch I, the grate I mean, it's electrified <laughs> oh no the skeletons you know like you're gonna have the different versions uh because he's gonna have all the different outfits it, it's tailor-made for it Oh yeah! Oh, he's got oh, the coat. God. He has to have the coat on that big, that yep. big long uh, coat. coat that he, oh my god! That you, coat. If you if you collect enough proofs of purchase, you yeah. can mail away for the yeah. winter sweater. Right. Like that's that's right. That's the mail away is right. You can you can get the winter versions. That's only through like ordering yeah. with like twelve ninety five plus. Yeah, you got you know we'll for have, shipping and handling. Yeah, and uh, shipping and handling. Yeah. <laughs> And there's an opening castle play set. Oh my god, I can see it all. Oh, oh yeah, oh, clearly. Oh yeah, I, oh, uh, I, honestly, I want that. I want this. I will. I, I you know, I'm like, I almost was thinking, should I search for eBay? Did they do this? They couldn't have done this. They couldn't have actually <laughs> made these toys. But I'm like, oh, man, if they did, that would be incredible. <laughs> I I'm gonna say it. I've never coveted an intellectual property more. <laughs> 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 what I'm I could do with the Treasure of the Four Crowns shared universe. I am so Cinematic glad universe. that you uh, that you guys have responded this way to this movie because when you asked me <laughs> oh. about this and I suggested this movie, I was like, I have I have watched this movie and I have not spoken to a soul about it. And I mentioned it to you, and you're like, "Sounds good." And then I was like, <laughs> "This could go really poorly," <laughs> you know, like. Because you just don't know what someone's response to this movie. Now, I thought I really like this movie, and watching it again, I'm like, no, I love this movie. Actually, yeah, I love this I movie. Love this movie. This movie is terrific. This is on our, our get me another wall of honor with with like with 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 uh, with your the hunter from the future and Ator the fighting eagle. Like these are the these conquest. Are the gold. Don't these forget the, when we talk about conquest. Raiders. conquest. Oh, conquest is amazing. Yes, conquest. Is- I, message from space. I'd put it up there. Yeah, message yeah. from space. I mean, everybody knows Raiders of the Lost Ark is a great movie. Of We're course. not here to find yeah. Raiders of the no. Lost Ark. You know, we're here to find the treasure of the four crowns. This is <laughs> right. this is this is what this podcast is. That's why we're on it. <laughs> to find <laughs> JT Stryker. <laughs> I want to talk about the briefing scene. And, and I'll tell you oh. why. Because that is the best that they, they have a model of Brother Jonas's mountain fortress. Yeah. Now, in you know, you know, in Back to the Future, when when you have when 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 uh, you know he's got the model of the town because he's going to show everything's going to happen, and Doc Brown apologizes, like, "Oh, I didn't have time to paint it or build it to scale." These guys had the time. They painted it and built it to scale. The the, the real problem, though, is the alarm <laughs> that they put on this thing to simulate the real alarm is so loud it scares the rest of the team like jt should have really warned them because they look terrified when that thing goes off jt was not involved in the building of this model i can tell you that he hasn't given enough of a shit that was the professor and edmund uh, man, no you're right no there there's a guy who who built the model of this who's in the corner and is just holding his hands together <laughs> when she blows the feather and when the alarm goes off, he was like, yes, yes, I fucking nailed it. I fucking nailed it. I that. love when, when they hit the button and, and the little, like the altar, 
the altar with the 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 statue of the like comes up so everybody can get a better view. And of course, what happens? JT Stryker takes the key out of his pocket and everything starts to freak out again. Like it gets yeah. really trippy. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like the the model starts shaking. Liz loses her ber- you know, Liz loses her beret off her head. There's this images of this horn statue which we will later learn is the statue the the crowds are like and Stryker's shaking like he's a man possessed. They, oh God, they worked so hard on that set to give them a layout to just that have model, J- man, just to have JT Stryker complete. They built a model of something that they all said, there's no fucking way you can get into this thing. We spent all the time mapping this out to tell you, you can't do this. You will never be able to do this. That's what they built it for. Just to see JT Stryker yeah. say, I'm going to wing it. I'm going to wing it and do yeah. whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> We're going to fly, baby. We're going to fly. Because what you can't go on the roof from the outside because it's alarmed. No, it's, there's, there's, you can't do that. You can't go through the bars. Yeah, because they're electrified. The and then you've got lasers in yeah. the room. And then also isn't the floor you can't step. But only the floor beyond the bars in the room you can't step on. <laughs> because they I guess they only had money for half. It, the it room. was like oh. it was like it was like little kids' rules of a made-up game that they're just coming up with. Like <laughs> yeah. you can't touch the we can't touch the window. The floor is lava. Like you can't, you can't. You know, there's lasers everywhere. Like you're all of a sudden like this. This isn't fun. There's nothing I can do. After after all of this, after all of this, hug mountain. It's my home. It's oh uh, god. Know. After all of this, and and the, and the <sighs> table's shaking, the room is quaking, the earth is the 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 earth is opening up, and and you know someone asks JT what what all that was, and he says nothing unless you believe in ghosts. This man still doesn't. You don't at this point. He still doesn't believe in <laughs> he ghosts. Still doesn't. I love it. <laughs> he's got all the f- he's got all the fuck you that every. Every lead actor is trying to muster in a role like that. He just oh, does God. not give a shit about anything. It's unbelievable. What a nihilist that guy is. JT Stryker, man. Oh, that they they approach the mountain fortress, and before they even get before they even get up there, Edmund's like, "Oh, my lungs aren't working," and I'm like, "Dude, you just started. Take a page from Daisy Stryker. Shut up." You know, like <laughs> Edmund though, apparently is the tech guy. Because he's got a gizmo that can unlock doors and makes noises that I swear to God are like the ones from the game Simon. To his credit, though, he actually does something. Well, yeah, he opens doors. Although he takes his sweet ass time, even though the guards coming back in four minutes, he's unlocked the door and they're like, did you do it? And he just takes the, he pushes it dramatically. I'm like, dude, there's not much time here. That's shit JT can get away with. Not you, Edmund. You look like an accountant. Yeah. I'm, I'm, he was another guy that was set up for this where you're like, this guy can't live, right? This guy can't live through this mission. This no. guy is fucking, <laughs> this guy is ridiculous. I'm surprised he's even here. I thought he was just setting up JT with a job. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah. oh, I'll hang around until you finish. Like, why are you still even here? You know? It, it's like if the, the 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 military intelligence guy played by William Hootkins in Raiders went on the the right. quest with Indiana Jones. Yeah, like that's not that's not, he's just there to give the, the mission. Um. Anyway, like the whole plan 
they're not flying, although that's what he says. They're they're putting these bars into place so they can crawl across the ceiling in a sequence that is, I swear to God, 20. The pacing in this movie is weird. Well, I mean, you got to realize that you're getting a lot of dangling harness 3D work here that just keeps it everything mm, yes, moving. That's mm-hmm. true. Um, and... Uh, and you finally do get another skill uh, as much as we've been bagging on it. Her acrobat skills not only come into play, yes. they bring the actual swing, the acro- the trapeze itself is brought yeah. on the mission. And I'm like, well, this is literal. It's amazing. Uh- <laughs> but honestly, it's going to be a three-person team. It's JT, it's Edmund for the tech stuff, and, and it's Liz. And that's all you need. The other two guys are there for no apparent reason at all. Except, you know, one is an alcoholic and the other has got a, a ticking time bomb of a heart. Rick, Rick could have had a purpose. It's just his purpose is supplanted by JT going, I, I, I'll do the climbing. Thank you. <laughs> right. So, I mean, he had a purpose, but JT yeah. was like, no, no, no. Me first. Like, you're just, I guess he's there in case anyone gets fucked up trying to c- climb all through all that shit. And he could be there to help him, I suppose. I but guess. that's just like, you know. Who, uh, help, who JT Stryker doesn't need help. Right. He does. He's, yeah. And he's like, I'll go first. Thanks. I don't understand where JT is in the room when all those arrows and everything fly out. And the way it looks at where Rick is, I was like, how was he hit by like the layout of the room? Yeah. I don't understand how Rick was right in the way, but JT being, I would think, closer. I mean, I don't even know where they fly out, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it all worked. I don't know how the layout worked at the end. At that point, I was like, I, who gives a shit? I'm so in love. I don't give. I don't care. I don't care what it... No. You know, and we all knew this guy was going to die. We knew the old man was going to die. Like, this is all making sense. Oh, the old man was... Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. He was He was a dead man climbing. Like, that was just, you know, like, it was... But, like, this whole sequence in the, in, in this is like... It's like a Mission Impossible movie. It, it it's like a It's like a really slow mission impossible movie <laughs> really like, slow like you even have the scene where like jt almost falls it almost hits the floor and the line catches him like mm-hmm. just like in the vault sequence in the first mission but like like you don't have ethan hunt without jt striker except with this dangle down what that does to jt striker's hair is like a miracle. <laughs> I don't know. It is. Oh, you, you it's know, amazing. Like, I'm not worried about his hands touching the floor when he's upside down. I'm worried about the hair going down to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of product for JT Striker to get out the door. There's one point where Liz is like swinging to put like the next bar in place. And she's like, she's not quite getting there. And he just, JT pushes her from behind and just shouts, reach. It's so easy for him. She does it. It's so easy for him. He doesn't understand why anything is difficult for anyone else when it's come (laughs) so easily to him. But meanwhile, Brother Jonas is holding a ceremony in the other building to gain new followers. And I got to say, that dude is charismatic. Oh, yeah. I mean, we really needed more Brother Jonas in this movie, 100%. I mean, really? We needed him to yeah. do something in the movie. Like, they give him this whole thing where it's like, there's this girl who, like, was, was strayed from the flock, and now she's stricken with sores, and he burns a X into her forehead, like the Manson followers, and then he heals her affliction. And they keep cutting back and forth between this ceremony and the, and the, and the, the, the heist 
It's just to keep Brother Jonas in the picture. But he did. But they did, he doesn't heal her because remember they like wink at each other as soon as she's no like, no I'm that healed. was the, yeah that's the twist is yeah yeah she's a ringer like she's she's right. yeah that she's a plant. But but she starts to wink and take off her fake sores. Brother Jonas isn't even a bad guy. This is all just like fucking no. Falderall. This is all nothing that he's just making up and everyone's buying it. He's not a bad... I, I the, trust him with the four crowns or the two crowns. He's not a bad dude at all. He's convinced these these guards to wear this terrible mask that doesn't make any sense. The worst thing he does in this movie is burn human hair. Right, right. Yeah, the guards, they have funky masks. That's yeah. The individual... Yeah. Yeah, I don't. He's not a bad dude at all. We needed way more of him for sure. It's like they shot with that guy for like a day. No, it's uh, um, it's so good. It's so amazing. I love it so much. I've never seen an action movie with such long stretches of silence. Like it's not afraid to be quiet. Yeah, which I, more action movies need. They need that. They need more. Yeah. moments of you quiet. Know, honestly, we we. We take sound for granted. And filled with uh, also the score by Ennio Morricone, by the way, too. Oh, who yes. Who does the score. Yeah, but I didn't even think about it during the during watching it again. And then at the end, I was like, oh, right. He does the fucking score for this movie. And it's it it, it completely propels the whole film. Yeah. Well, it, it feels like it's a score from another movie. Right. <laughs> a better movie. Like it doesn't it feels like it's a score from a different movie. Like it's a great score from an entirely different movie. It, you know, and I don't know what movie, but but that that's I want to watch that one too. All right. So they get to the end of the temple, like they get to the end. The crowns themselves sit on this statue of a half goat, half man with two heads, four arms, and six snakes coming out of its back. Now I want to know had they did they have this specially commissioned or was this just something they had? And what if they got the third crown? Would they add a third goat head? What I'm wondering is is why is this a statue that makes JT Stryker sexually caress it so much? Well, <laughs> this is where we have my favorite line, not my favorite line in the movie, but my favorite line in cinema. Here I come, you magical son of a bitch. <laughs> JT says that to the statue. I'm like, that's honestly, I got, that's the best thing it's ever been. Like 120 years of motion pictures. And that is the pinnacle. That's the best fucking thing I've ever heard. That was a, that was an audible that he did on the day. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Of course, JT, that's off the beam. Yeah. That's just, uh, that's just Tony Anthony being, Uh, being, doing what he's doing. Just making his paychecks. That's what he does. (laughs) That's what he does. Uh, Oh, this is the point where Socrates has his heart attack, which we knew was coming. Yeah, uh, and he has a heart attack, and he dies hanging from the ceiling. He's just—he's—he's he's hanging there. His hat falls off, doesn't set off the alarm, so it makes me think all the alarm shit was bullshit. Just like Brother Jonas's powers, <laughs> <laughs> complete hogwash, which is why he's on Hog Mountain. He's on Hog. <laughs> you solved it. It's the Rubik's cube. You've unlocked the secrets of this. Like you—you you don't even need the key. Striker's got the key, so they don't take the crowns. They're going to unlock the crowns there. And of course, every time every time JT takes the key out of his pocket, shit's going down. I can't wait for that hog mountain oh play God. set. I'm really gonna play the shit out of that thing. I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna be like oh a ten year old kid all over again. It's gonna be amazing. Oh my God! I, uh, I'm I, honestly, I'm gonna have to get two of each, one to open and play with, one to save. 
One to rock and one to stop. One, 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 one to just to yeah. display. Say, I have it. And a third one to be the exhibit in court for my divorce, apparently. <laughs> like, I didn't do anything wrong. Hog Mountain, are you sure? I've kept a third copy for evidence. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to use this. It's just. I just needed it just in case. Uh, I like that this movie, like Raiders, is you know, wish fulfillment, I think, for kids to see like an older hero. Sure. And you're like, that's a guy I want to be. And this movie is wish fulfillment for middle-aged men who are like, <laughs> I really, really want to be JT Stryker. I really wish I could be that guy. I've never wanted to be a character more. I, 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 God, I just, I, I, honestly, I'm going to, I've never been to Comic-Con. I've never done that, but I want to go to Comic-Con and cosplay JT Stryker See if anybody like just you know what walk around with that confidence. If one person comes, if one person goes in and says, "Are you JT Striker?" Like, that's a new best friend. Like, that's a new com- <laughs> yeah. like we're we're pals. We're pals forever. You know. Honestly, you can move in. We have a spare bedroom. It's fine. We're, we're hanging yeah. out. Yeah, just move into the house. Grab your shit. Let's go. We're best friends forever. Here's a fifth of bourbon. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're getting loaded together for the next five years. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta talk about the last fifteen minutes of this movie because it's the best thing I've ever seen. Oh, oh From man. the time he inserts the key, spikes shoot out of the base of the statue. Rick's dead. Uh, you know, it didn't matter if he was too drunk because he's just dead. The air shoots out of the goat's mouth and blinds Striker. And then the metal arms grab Edmund, and then a real snake shoots out of the statue, bites him in the face, and he dies too. <laughs> and then he, he Stryker recovers. He op- he finally opens the balls on top of the crowd, and there's these like these these two balls, one green, and his head his head spins around like Reagan McNeil in The Exorcist, just like you knew, just like you knew it would happen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> obviously couldn't have been more surprised if my head spun around i swear to god even on rewatch i was like when that happened i was like is that jt and then it and then it stops and you're like yeah that is they did that to the hero of this movie yeah who has walked around <laughs> like nothing like shit doesn't stick to him and like the whole bit and yet he has no. that happen i was like wow what a that is a bold move. Oh my God. That is a bold move. Oh, and man. If you, thought, if you thought the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark was an extraordinary display of, of, of divine power, nothing tops the end of Treasure of the Four Crowns where the fire, sh- and then all the guards come in, and it's, I mean, it's, how do you do the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark for about $50? Like, that's that's really what this... Like, it's amazing. <laughs> and oddly enough, fixes one of the biggest problems that people bring up with Raiders, which is that the hero doesn't save the day at the end. Well, this is striker ex machina, motherfuckers. And you can't, you can't have supernatural powers unless it goes through a man who doesn't believe in them. That's right. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's so fucking true. It's, it is so fucking true. Priests of Brother Jonas start to fall away, <sighs> and it's like this poor this poor bastard had somebody come in and burgle him, and then he burned up the whole. He's an innocent victim in all this. It was a home invasion, and then they murder him. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Right. And it's all made up bullshit cult. It does, it, they didn't even need to do any of this. <laughs> no, no. Oh. 
The man. Oh God. <laughs> it's. Yeah. Oh. Our uh, we'll be selling Brother Jonas was right merch very soon. And <laughs> yep, that's that's gonna. What are we gonna yep. sell the merch? Yep. Oh my God. I will buy one oh. of those. I will buy one of those for sure. It's madness. Oh my God. And and Stryker's face Stryker's face returns to normal after a while. And then he and Liz get a call from the professor who's waiting in a helicopter. He tosses the balls away because he doesn't need to bring them. You don't need that power. JT doesn't need that power. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's that famous scene at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark where the, the, you see the Ark being put in a, in a government warehouse with tons of other bodies. And that's an iconic scene. But it's not as iconic as the end of Treasure of the Four Crowns, where you have a random blue-eyed moray <laughs> eel pop out of a, a, pu- a puddle of stuff <laughs> right at the audience, which has nothing to do with anything we've seen. What am I looking at? <laughs> Can I tell you the truth? I'll tell you the God's honest truth. I jumped out of my fucking chair. You did watch it 3D first. So I guess I was, I'll, I'll, actually I'll gonna... give you that. Was that for the sequel? Was that for the sequel? I guess. Yeah, I mean... And to go back to to go back to uh, um, uh, our villain for a second, he oh, poor ha- brother he's, Jonas. he's living there at Hog Mountain with these crowns, <laughs> but he has no powers. He has no powers. He's winking. <laughs> he he's faking anything. that he had. So the powers that he is right there. It's it's he could have had that and been actually evil, but he's not employing it, not using it. He is a just a, a complete you know fake doing nothing and pays the price for just being a charlatan i guess because the crowns don't like a liar i, guess. I don't know i don't even know why would they even <laughs> go after him i don't even know what was even the point of any of it and it yeah and yet at the same time i'm like where's the next jt striker adventure i i'm ready for part two. Oh my god whatever this fucking eel is let's get into it whatever the treasure the moray eel let's yeah eel eel's gonna be the centerpiece the of god. treasure of the five crowns and uh oh, like man. dark horse comics or somebody some others you know an independent publisher oh, i want my jt striker comics including a crossover with remo williams just give give it all mm. give oh my all. god yes yeah like honestly yeah. I, I honestly i i am i am so, i want to i want to cross over into the alternate reality where this movie was a huge <laughs> hit and they made five jt striker movies <laughs> like you know treasure of the six goats whatever like it, it's treasure of the and a number and then whatever right. like do you think do you think this one gets renamed J.T. Stryker and the Treasure of the Four Crowns? Yeah, it's yes. J.T. Stryker yes. and the Treasure of the Four Crowns. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, yeah. When it's on, when it's on Canon Plus, <laughs> Liam Neeson comes in as his dad or something. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's just reboot this thing with Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I want to reboot it with me because I am, I am an measure, I am a middle aged man with with unearned confidence. I am perfect for this role. Unfortunately, because Treasure of the Four Crowns did not do great at the box office, we were denied what was going to be the next movie from the team that brought you brought us coming at you and Treasure of the Four Crowns. Another 3D spectacle, a sci-fi epic entitled Ooh. Escape from Beyond. Mm-hmm. It was to be about a man, presumably played by Anthony Anthony, who escapes from the death mines of his planet to lead an intergalactic uprising. I've never wanted to see a movie that doesn't exist more. I just, I want, 
I want to skate for there was like there were like trade ads made up for it. Like they were getting ready for Escape from Beyond. And I just I need more. I need to see Anthony Anthony in a in a in a in a Star Wars esque knockoff. I need that. I need that mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. I'll be dreaming of it when I go to bed tonight. <laughs> so Anthony Anthony will come into my come into my dreams. Because <laughs> he just he just he just becomes a producer after this. He doesn't even this is like his last role. Yeah. This is his last his last leading his last role of any kind. Uh, I mean, how could you top it? True. Except with except with Escape from Beyond. Yeah, that is that is a shame. God. But JT Striker, a series of JT Striker films, like you there's all kinds of random made-up artifacts that he could be sent to look for by the professor, and in each movie you assemble a largely useless team that could be suddenly <laughs> and shockingly killed off. You yeah, could I get would, a half a dozen movies. I would out of watch that. all of those. I would watch all of them. I'd I have them all on 4K. I swear to God. <laughs> and like a sitcom, at the at the beginning of every new movie, he doesn't believe every time. Every time he's just like, "This mm-hmm. is oh, he never believes this in anything. Is not real. He never well, believes like, in anything." The X Files, like Scully yes. on the X Files. She saw a UFO. She still doesn't believe. Yeah, it's something to get the, a movie like Treasure of the Four Crowns, but it's something else to now lose a movie like Escape from Beyond. It's it's like I'm feeling both those emotions. Yeah, of knowing I have this movie to watch and delight in, but like I will never be able to see where it went. But we do. We can go backwards. And go into get mean and oh oh I'm definitely gonna watch coming at you I've never seen coming at you but Mm -hmm. I mean it's gonna be it's gonna we maybe do a special coming at you episode I don't even know how it fits into our 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 remit but I don't care I just want to watch coming at you and talk about it because it's because how great must that the first movie that um, Anthony Tony Anthony Anthony does with Ferdinando Baldi is is a, a movie called Blind Man. And in that, and it's again a Western. Is that the one with Ringo Starr? Yes. Ringo Starr is in the movie. That's amazing. And I'm like, I have to see this movie like immediately. I, I need to go through all these movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All their collabs. I need to see them all. We, we are an Anthony Anthony fan podcast <laughs> from here on forward. That's. Yeah. We're, we're changing our call sign. Uh, we're, now, we're now. Get me another Anthony I've Anthony. Got the, I've got the cute internet nickname uh, for it. We're Fanthonies. Yes. yes. Oh, that's good. Yes. Put that on a t-shirt. We'll sell that in the merch store that we don't have. You get to do all three of the Stranger movies when you do Get Me Another Fistful of Dollars. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> For sure. Oh, I'm so sorry he didn't do like a Conan knockoff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Again, he was almost doing that a Star Wars ripoff. Like, that, like, I mean, shit. We got denied. I will I will, I will. will go to... I will fall asleep dreaming of, of, of Escape from Beyond... What might have been? Oh my God! It is just uh, if we have not sold you on this movie, uh, uh, people out there in podcast land. If we have not sold you on this movie, then we can't sell you on anything. Because God, this movie is uh, is is amazing. It's just it's God. It's just you know sometimes you just the things that obey no rules and treasure the four crowns like it's like it's hero is one of those things. Yeah, I mean, and I say this only half in jest. You know, root. Uh, films that break the rules, it it's it goes beyond just films where it's like it's a single shot in a room for ten minutes. I mean, sure that exists, but like this is also a film you will have. I mean, you just listened to it; and we spoiled a bunch, but you you even still you will have no idea what is happening from minute to minute in this movie. It you will be pleasantly surprised and just 
as they say, the oh. devil's in the details. The execution of this movie yeah. is just fantastic and and so entertaining. It's like, extraordinary. So entertaining. Ryan, yeah. thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank, thank you for you. suggesting this film. It has made our <laughs> lives richer. Absolutely. Like it has enriched my life in a way that I can't fully, even this does not fully express uh, what what this has just made my life incredibly better. Like that's all there is. Thank you. God bless you. It is my <laughs> it is my pleasure. Like I said, I had seen this movie like a year and a half ago or something, like sometime during the pandemic. So I've been sitting on not being able to talk about this movie with people for like a <laughs> long time. And this is a movie where oh. like when when you do see it, and regardless of however you feel this might be spoiled, I don't think you could spoil this movie. But in any case, when you finish it, you you're, can't. You're gonna want to talk to someone about this movie. You're gonna want. You'll to talk need about to talk it. to someone. Like I would, I would host office <laughs> yeah. hours online for anyone who sees this <laughs> yeah. movie after the podcast who wants to talk. Like I am in. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 line is open. We oh, we're here yes. for you. We're ready when yeah. you're when yes. you are. We're listening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ryan, th- thank you so much for joining us today. It has been it has been a delight. Um, for for those out there, uh, could you tell them where they can find New World Pictures out there in in the New World Pictures podcast out there in the world? Um, just in case they don't already know. Because uh, uh, it's it, your your show is fantastic. Well, thank you, and th- and again, thank you guys for having me back. This was a blast as always, and uh, so glad that this went the way this this uh, zigged the way I thought it would. Because if you had hated this movie, it would have been very difficult, uh, very different podcast. But um, it would have been no less fascinating. <laughs> sure, sure. No, uh, but yeah, I mean if. Because there's, look, there's a movie like this. When you watch a movie like this, there's a way to take it, which is like, what? What is this? Or there's another one where you can just watch it with like dewy-eyed anticipation where you're like, what is going to happen next? I love everything that's happening. What is this? Right. Yeah. (laughs) So there's two ways you can go. Uh, But for for our podcast, you can just go to our website, newworldpicturespodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes. You can find our t-shirts. You can find all that stuff. And uh, you can then find us on our socials, all that stuff. Just go to the website and you can find everything you need to know about us. Go to the website. Absolutely. It, and, and you guys have some great merch. We, I, I, we, we'll, eventually we're going to get to we're, we're here just to promote Treasure of the Four Crowns. So that's what all of our <laughs> merch will will be centered around. Um, but, you know, you, you guys got a great selection of stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, check it out. And, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode and that you'll come back next week. For, uh, for our next episode of Get Me Another Indiana Jones, where we'll be talking about two network television series that tried mm. to capture that Indiana Jones magic, both of which debuted within days of each other in the fall of 1982. So please join us then as we explore the pilot episodes for Tales of the Gold Monkey and Bring Them Back Alive. Thank you so much for listening. Again, we are your hosts, Chris Iannacone and Rob LaBorges. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and following us on Twitter and Instagram at GetMeAnotherPod. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your enemies about the show. Tell Anthony Anthony and his red windbreaker (laughs) if you can find him. And join us next time as we continue to explore what happens when Hollywood says, Get Me Another. (laughs) 